Mike Gibson and Steve Holler got news from the multiverse Mike Gibson and Steve Holler got news from the multiverse What's up nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report Tonight we are recapping the week's nerdy news from Jakku to Fawcett City and everywhere in between My name is Mike Gibson, with me as always is Steve Howler, what's up, Steve? Well, a mix of a lot of things and no James Gunn announcement yet. So the thing we were all waiting for this week is still up in the air. We're still waiting. Mm -hmm. And he's still saying that it's going to happen in January. So, I mean, I got Twitter open on my phone right now, and I'm going to be refreshing it the entire time (laughs) that we are (laughs) recording this podcast, just in case it seems like... I mean, yeah, sure, he lives in California, so they're like four hours behind us, but right where I am, it's, I feel like you want the East Coast to hear about your announcement, so it seems like you wouldn't announce it at, you know, past 10 o'clock at night on um, East Coast time. One so, would not think so, but dumber things have happened. Yep. We've had yeah. stranger breaking news in the middle of the podcast. That's that's also true, but some, that's largely been negative, I feel like. True. The, <laughs> um, yeah, the, I don't think the, the 9 p.m. dump uh, news dump slot is really the, the creme yeah, de la creme. I, mean, I think the one, the one uh, exception being when the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped during some football game or something, and we uh, paused recording to watch it and then came back to finish the recording. That was a positive thing. Um, but, you know, like Bob Chapek getting fired, that was... I mean, that's I mean that's positive, negative for him, but you know what I mean, right? Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're gonna talk about James Gunn a little bit later, but um, assumedly we're gonna have a lot more of James Gunn and his plans for the DCU to talk about next week, since uh, there's only two more full days of January left, and he has promised information in January, so it's either gonna happen tomorrow or it's gonna happen Tuesday, um, and we got uh, a few days to think about it and theorize and we'll be back next week to talk all about it but until then we got other dc stuff to talk about yeah well we, we have we have other dc stuff to talk about but also uh uh you you don't know it yet but if anyone was listening on the pod you heard quite the intro oh okay i wasn't sure if that was the intro that we were going with tonight or not. <laughs> <laughs> so yes i should address the intro, uh, the intro music is a, a cover of our normal <laughs> theme song called Short for a Stormtrooper, written by me. Uh, this was um, a cover of that by our, our dear friend Brandon Hall, who listens to the podcast and uh, texts me this week saying that every time the theme song starts playing, he sings his own version of it, his own <laughs> lyrics to it, <laughs> and sent me a copy, and uh, I immediately said, can we use this on an episode? <laughs> and he said, sure, so... Uh, so shout out to Brandon Hall for uh, singing along with us every week. Um, if you have your own version of our theme song, feel free to send us a copy of it, and we will uh, use it as the intro uh, to an episode. Uh, if you want to do your own cover of it, whatever you got, send it along. So thanks, Brandon. Um, now moving into our first uh, DC trailer, one of two that we'll be talking about this week. This is the second trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The second Shazam! movie coming out March 17th. A sequel to Shazam! uh, One of my favorite DC movies. Certainly one of my favorite DC EU movies. It's up there for me with uh, The Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman. 
Um, I love it. Steve, you still have not seen the original Shazam. Is that correct? Still have not seen it to this day. However, uh, after watching this trailer, I kind of want to. Okay, great. I was going <laughs> to ask you. I was going to throw it to you first because I have seen it. Uh, and, and my feelings for the first movie are informing my feelings for the next one as they would in right. any situation like this. You do not have a connection really to this character really at all. I mean, I know you know who he is from general comic knowledge, but you don't really uh, have a connection to the character or the world or whatever. So what are your thoughts on the trailer, second trailer for Shazam Fear of the Gods? Yeah, I know we, so we had talked about the teaser or the uh, whatever the, the first, the, the first, trailer, yeah. first option was there. Um, the after the first one i was mildly intrigued uh but it also you know it seemed like you know they're giving the the group the whole but like everybody's getting their powers and mm -hmm. uh it is what it is team up movie lose their powers got to find some way to fix things blah 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 um standard formulaic response uh then i also saw lucy lou and helen mirren as the uh bad guys yeah. and it was like oh okay interest is peaked um then in the real trailer, they combine all those things and add in dragons, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm getting more more intrigued. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it seems like from between the praises that you've sung of the first one and watching this, I think I definitely want to you know uh, reassess whether or not or uh, uh, yeah, you want to get caught up. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I yeah. definitely would. Would like to see the first one, and then the, this does seem to be grabbing me as the quote-unquote neutral in the, uh, awesome. the equation yeah. here. Uh, again, it, the first one, if you haven't seen it, is great. It's definitely worth your time. It's a lot of fun. It's like, um, I told I told my wife when I showed I had, I saw it in the theater, and then when I showed it to my wife, um, she was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll watch it with you." And I was like, if "This," I'm, I'm, I was like. Really, brace yourself. This is an emotional roller coaster of a movie. She goes, "Yeah, whatever. It's a superhero movie," and um, she was uh, she cried, made her cry. <laughs> she was oh, laughing wow. out loud and crying at this movie. Um, the first Shazam is a super mix of it's like a great uh, superhero movie. It's also like a family drama. It's also uh, it's very funny and it's also scary. There's like legit scary parts in it. So um, it's I, I usually equate it to like Goonies or something like a movie that has a lot of it's like an adventure with it but there's kids and there's a lot of different like it's fun but it's scary and it's it, it's intense at the same time and like goonies it i love the movie shazam if i had seen shazam when i was like 10 it would be the greatest movie of all time for me like hands down because like it's about a kid that turns into a superhero that's what i want blah blah, blah. Um, but because of all those things it's also a very intimate story it, it's very much about billy batson the kid uh, who turns into Shazam gets the granted the powers of the wizard Shazam. Um, it's very much about him and his quest to find a family, uh, families that he's rejected in the past, his struggle to like fit in with people um, and about his life and what he's been going through, um, which is part of what makes that movie great because you really connect to him as a character and the struggles that he's going through. Watching this trailer for Shazam 2, or the uh, Shazam Fear of the Gods, I got to say it looks good, but I'm a little nervous that they went too big, that they got too far away from an intimate family relationship, family dynamic, mm -hmm. and that they're going too big, too much spectacle. Um, and it's going to it's gonna 
it's going to be too too spectacle heavy and not enough character uh develop character like stuff to keep me like attached so i think it looks good i also think they showed for me like a little too much i feel like i understand the entire plot of this movie like yeah i could i could get that a little where yeah you're i don't want to say beat for beat but they do show they show a lot yeah like i mean spoilers for the first shazam movie the kids that do get their powers seemingly are going to be losing them and it's kind of that's kind of like well you just they just got their power so you're just like figuring out a way to take them back (laughs) and take them away like why um and then yeah i don't know i just uh i i mean i i still try the same creative team same director same Mm -hmm. writer david f sandberg um from like the annabelle movies uh he's a horror director which is why the first the scares in the first exam look so good i gotta say the creature design in this trait these trailers look great too like um the cool thing about shazam is that he's magic his powers come from magic um, and or magic slash gods at the same time. So it's kind of a mix. Fury um, of the wizard gods. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he fights like magic creatures. So it makes sense that he's fighting dragons and weird winged lions and things like that. So like that's something that you don't really get in like a, you know, a Superman movie right. or something like that. So um, I but think it looks same, really great. Like, uh, I'll be time, interested to weird. see like you. He. He's granted powers by a wizard, but somehow magically looks exactly like Superman with a lightning bolt instead of, like, Heimdall from Thor or something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they ever give a reason as to why he doesn't look just like a wizard. Like, right. he's get he gets the powers of the wizard Shazam. Why does he look like a superhero, not like the wizard Shazam? Right. Be- um, because Superman was hot when they... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he became I, uh, a character. Little known fact: after, I mean, at the time he was called Captain Marvel, but after after Captain Marvel debuted, he was the most popular Superman for year or sorry superhero for years. He outsold every other oh, wow. hero, Superman, including Superman, including Batman. Like he just was. I think it was pre Marvel days, but he was outselling every other like DC hero, mm-hmm. which is why I think DC bought. The company it was like a uh, it wasn't it wasn't dc that was originally making captain marvel books it was like somewhere right. it's like the dc like acquired and i think that was why because he was outselling them um so it's a very popular character um Which, how many different and, captain marvels have there been at this point between marvel and dc I mean, there's probably on the dc like, side one right he's got one marvel's got four uh, yeah four sounds right yeah you got yeah um yeah that marvel right. marvel yep there's some other weird spelling, I think, of one. I don't right. know. And then even in the, mo- well, yeah, in the modern Captain Marvel end of things, too, Photon was also Captain Marvel for a while. Yep. So, yeah. 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 All over the place. Yeah. You just use the name for whatever. It's a utility. Uh, yeah. Just go to the bullpen and grab a grab a name. Oh, Captain Marvel again. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> You're Captain Marvel now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think this looks good. I'm interested to see if there's any like twists and turns that they kept out of the trailer. I hope that there is. Um, there's one shot where he's his suit looks all like black. It's almost like looks like Black Adam. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, which is his main bad guy. Which, I mean, I blame The Rock for this, but it's insane that uh, he's not in this movie <laughs> or that uh, Shazam wasn't in Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Insane. Um, I know I saw someone I saw like a something on Twitter going back and forth about like saying what I just said, like it's wild that these two characters that we've got a movie it 
two movies for Shazam, one Black Adam movie, and we're never going to see the two of them meet ever now that we know that things are getting rebooted and retooled or whatever. And um, someone responded and said, why does everything have to connect? Not everything has to be like a connection. And I agree with that. I don't think everything <laughs> has to connect. But at the same time, this is Shazam and his main bad guy. So it's weird that there's no if made by the same studio in the same universal continuity. So it's weird that there's no connection at yeah. all. Yeah, that that would be, you know, Spidey and making a Spider-Man movie, making a Craven movie and somehow never having them go back and forth. Right, but have them both be in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, it'd be more time. like Green Goblin or something. But I, yeah, I exactly. had to, I had to get the Craven dig in there after whatever's going to happen later this year. Yeah, you know, we'll <laughs> see, we'll see this year. Uh, so yeah, Shazam: Fear of the Gods comes out March seventeenth. Hopefully, um, within the next two days, we will know whether or not Zachary Levi and the cast of those movies are going to be continuing on um, as Shazam and the Marvel family. Uh, Zachary That's interesting because, like, in the Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in the trailer, like as someone who hasn't seen the first one, Zachary Levi does a very good job of an adult playing a kid playing an adult. Yes. Yep. It it seemed that that definitely hit home for me. I was like, yes, oh, he's, he's very, acting that way because he's actually a kid. Yeah, and, he's very well yeah. cast. Yep. It's it's a little. It doesn't quite fully line up because the kid version of him like isn't quite as goofy as he is as Shazam. He's more like, uh, I'm a loner, you know? And when he was Shazam, he's like cracking jokes and stuff. So it's like a little doesn't make sense, but it's also like, who cares? Right. I get it. This is what it's supposed to be. Um, anyway, that's Shazam, uh, fear of the gods. You can check out that trailer on YouTube or wherever right now. I'm sure it's in movie theaters attached to whatever at the same time. And moving on to the next trailer we got this week. For a DC thing, not a movie, but something I'm very excited about. Uh, trailer for Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. And they announced this months ago. We reported that they were making um, a Valentine's Day special, which they're calling very problematic. The trailer, you can see why uh, why it's called, why they're calling it very problematic. It uh, no. has a lot to do with uh, <laughs> sex and um, uh, spells and things like that, uh, spells that make people want to have sex and cause them to. So I can see where that could be, some problematic territory. This uh, trailer, I'll go first on this one, Steve. I think this trailer looks hilarious, and I cannot wait to watch this when it debuts on HBO Max on uh, the 9th of February. So, so coming yeah. up a couple weeks. Um, no, and but Steve, you, again, you as somebody that... You literally watched my reaction to this trailer. As yeah, I, was I was watching you watch it. Yeah. So I, I watched this right before the show in the pre-roll, and Mike was on, and I, I didn't realize it, but I'm sitting here staring at my screen, and he's watching me. And <laughs> I, I can distinctly remember cracking up at least three or four times in just the trailer. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's it looks really fun. Great. I was going to ask again because again, as someone who you have not watched Harley Quinn, or have you watched little no, or none? Nope. None. Yeah. I Again. so Harley Quinn is one of those where like it's been on the top or near the top of the list to tackle, but I know if I yeah. go in, I'm going all in. So yeah. I have to like hold myself back until I know I have the time to handle it. Yeah. Well, sell it to your wife too, because my yeah. wife watches it with me and she loves it. It's very, it's See, hilarious. It's very uh, feminist. It's very appealing to. It's not just for like right. comic book dudes or comic book nerds. It's well, like and I think this may actually be the. This might be able to be the thing that cracks because uh, my wife doesn't do well with animation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 
like anything that's been animated, even even if she would like it, it's it's a very hard bridge for her. It's a turn um, off immediately. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe this and this this humor is right up her alley too. So it's yeah, like, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 we should be able to crack something here. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it seems to be uh, the show. Um, I guess I can't. I don't know if I feel how comfortable I feel describing the. the um, <laughs> Uh, There's a lot of very uncomfortable things. (laughs) Yeah, it seems that, um, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen um, Harley Quinn season one and two, uh, but um, as as should be, as is in the comic books, uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are a couple um, by the end of season two um, and into season three. So this very problematic Valentine's Day special seems to revolve around Harley... uh, makes harley gives poison ivy an orgasm that is so good that it causes her to release some kind of weird plant pheromone that infects uh, all of gotham city um with um, some kind of love sex spell um and it looks really funny um uh seemingly has something a subplot about bane going to etrigan the demon (laughs) to get some kind of superhero viagra or something that seems I don't know. It seems insane and uh, very in line with uh, Harley Quinn stuff. So, hey, maybe this is your entry point. If you haven't watched any um, episode of Harley Quinn so far, I'm sure that you could start here. And uh, maybe this is going to be the way you dive into the series. I highly recommend it. I encourage it. It just won a Critics' Choice Award for Best Animated uh, Television Program. So there you go. There you go. Speaking of um, great television shows, but ones that Um, will not be winning any Critics' Choice Awards, unfortunately, moving forward. Uh, We heard this rumor last week and talked about it, but it is now official that Doom Patrol and Titans uh, will be ending after their fourth seasons have have been aired fully. Uh, Both uh, shows aired part one of season four, and they're taking a little bit of a break right now. Season part 4B or whatever they're calling it. Um, will be airing, I don't know, sometime soon, maybe this month. I don't even know if there's a release date for the uh, second half of both those seasons, but that will be the end of them. And as we've said a million times, one, four seasons of any show, pretty great run, especially one as weird as Doom Patrol. And also, um, knowing what was going on at HBO Max, they're canceling shows, they're trying to save money. Um, These two seemed like they were definitely on the chopping block. Titans probably more than Doom Patrol. I think Doom Patrol, um, you know, it's 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 not like House of the Dragon or Last of Us or whatever. But like Doom Patrol, I think was a higher rated show in views and also like critically than Titans. So I felt like if one of them was gonna go, it would have been Titans. But at the same time, if one of them's gonna go, you know, knowing that they're trying to clean house and get ready for whatever James Gunn is gonna do, probably both of them were gonna go. Um, and uh, somebody, uh, as James Gunn continues to do on Twitter, responds to things, clears up rumors, uh, straightens things out. Somebody um, was commenting on, of course, Doom Patrol and Titans got canceled because of the James Gunn thing. And he responded saying, the decision to end the series precedes us, but I certainly wish the best for the talented group of creators, actors, and the rest of the crew that produced both shows. I think then somebody responded to that saying like, but if you like these shows, can't you just decide to keep them going? He's like, well, that's not how TV works. Like, (laughs) you know, I I can't just snap my fingers and make a TV show go on indefinitely if nobody's watching it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So I'm sure there's a possibility, although probably slim, I would think that, you know, 
some of the like, you know, Brendan Fraser could keep voicing Robot Man or whatever if James Gunn wants that to happen. But, you know, he can't he can't keep a show on the air indefinitely. So even though it appears to be they were probably they were seemingly canceled prior to him even taking this job. Um, which I think we heard. We heard a rumor that that was going to happen right, after they canceled Batgirl. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard that. So once they but, started everything. So yeah, and it seems like the um, cast cast did as well with uh, the quote from Mark Shepard that you found. Yes, uh, Mark Shepard, who plays uh, Willoughby. What's his face? Kipling, I don't know. He's like the. Right? He's like the. What's that? Is it Kipling? Yes, Willoughby Kipling. He's a. Uh, he's like a lesser John Constantine. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I can they, see if, that. If they if they. They probably would have used John Constantine if they could, and I feel like Warner Brothers is probably like, nah, you can't use Constantine, but you can use this guy. Because mm-hmm. um, he does pretty much everything Constantine does, but he's an actual character from the comic, so it's not like they just made him up. Anyway, um, the guy that plays um, Kipling, Matthew Shepard, uh, said Shepherd. genuinely... What's that? Mark Shepard. Oh, sorry, Mark Shepard said, genuinely, I do know that Jeremy... Uh, he's talking about Jeremy Carver, the showrunner of Doom Patrol, was prepared for this. So the end of Doom Patrol season four B, second half of season four, is really good. It's really good as an ending. So that's good. That's good to know. Even though the show's canceled, they kind of knew it was coming, wrote it into the show. So it's not going to end on like a cliffhanger or something that'll leave fans frustrated. It'll hopefully wrap up as much weirdness as they can wrap up. I don't know if that's the same for Titans, um, but Titans, not as good of a show as Doom Patrol, so I am less invested, I gotta say. Um, so yeah, that's that. As far as Doom Patrol, uh, so long Doom Patrol, it's wild that we got four seasons of the weirdest show I've ever seen in my entire life. I so. I will concur, that is the weirdest show I've ever seen in my entire life, and it was <laughs> yeah. glorious. Yep, definitely worth checking out, um, even though it's canceled. I know sometimes when a show gets canceled, people don't want to even bother starting to watch it. Um, but hey, four seasons, the seasons are like, you know, 10, 12 episodes maybe. And apparently, according to Mark Shepard, it's got a good ending. So why mm. not? You can binge it now. It's going to be on HBO Max. You can binge off four seasons. Do it. Doom Patrol. Uh, speaking of, we got one more. Well, it's not even really a story. Just the DC uh, late James Gunn stuff. Might as well some refresh. Some more prognostications. If you will. Yeah, exactly. We um we know we've talked about a lot about James Gunn and uh, his plans for the DCU a lot in the last couple of weeks, but there's nothing else really to talk about, and this is a big deal. So of course we're going to talk about it. No new news on Twitter, by the way. I just refreshed just to make sure. Um, uh, so yeah, like I said earlier, we know that within the next two days we're going to get something. Uh, we're going to get some information on what the DCU is going to look like moving forward. Sorry, my uh, headphones are being weird here. Um, and what I'm hoping for, I hope to tomorrow we get some kind of announcement of like a, you know, tune in to whatever live stream on at noon on the 31st. Right. And this is, you know, I want it to be a, again. I've said a million times, I don't want it to be just a tweet. Give me more than just like a list of things or like a thread on Twitter. Like right. I want something like i would love some kind of presentation well we've talked about how in the past every other major you know the the mcu does it feige gets up there and does his spiel kathleen kennedy gets up there for star wars stuff like make it make it an event like make it must see tv and people will see it and build the hype yeah um like i know they canceled um 
they're not doing that uh, DC fandom anymore, mm-hmm. which is such a bummer because yeah. it was so great. But like, how crazy would it be if they still did a fandom? Right. And we're like, we're not going to do it in October this year. We're going to do it in January or early February because we're going to blow your mind with all these crazy announcements that we have from James Gunn. Like right. that would still be amazing. It's I mean, look at, not, look like, at the hype that. every year that comes out of D23, that comes out of Celebration. Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con, exactly. I know. Like, yeah. And I'm ride, sure. I, ride I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure part of the reason that we're only getting part of their plan, one is because it's probable that some of the characters that we're going to see in movies this year aren't moving forward. You know, possibly Ezra Miller, possibly Jason Moa, possibly Zachary Levi or Shazam. We don't really know. Possibly um, Miguel, can't remember the last name of the Blue Beetle yep. actor. Um, but... I think it's also possible that they're de- they're still. I mean, it's still early days. He's only had this job for three months, so they're still like developing stuff. They're still signing contracts. They're still dealing stuff. I'm sure we're going to get more stuff at Comic Con this summer. Like, I bet we're going to get a little bit now, a little bit at Comic Con, and then a bunch more after, like, either the Flash is out or after Aquaman is out. Um, and so, like, the final non-James Gunn DC stuff is all out. Now they can finally be like, okay, now we're moving forward. Here's your new Aquaman. Here's your new Flash. Here, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, all that aside, I did want to read one thing. There was one tweet today. I follow uh, Congressman Robert Garcia, who's a congressman from California. There's no reason that I would follow him other than he's a huge comics nerd and uh, tweets about it. It's a fun one talked about a while ago. He got sworn in. Um, to Congress, he got sworn in on a copy of Superman number one from the Library of Congress. Um, he tweeted um, earlier today, if James Gunn doesn't present the new DCU plan by February 1st, I'm calling him in for a congressional hearing where I will ask the tough questions everyone wants to know. <laughs> James Gunn quote tweeted that with a little shocked face emoji and he and Robert Garcia responded saying, sir, the American people deserve answers. And then James Gunn <laughs> responded to that and said, and answers they will receive. So they're still coming. We're going to get them pretty soon. But right now, Steve and I are going to talk about our predictions for what we think we're going to hear from James Gunn either tomorrow or on the 31st. And this is based on really nothing. nothing Maybe just all. like a feelings. Maybe things that we want, but things like we're trying to predict what we think we are going to hear him talk about right. when we get this news, when we get this information. Right. And Mike, so, Mike will have maybe have some sort of, you know, scientific wild ass guess. Mine is a complete use swag. It's just whatever oh yeah? popped into my brain. So. Okay. Well, I don't know. This might be yours, but I feel like you and I both probably agree on the fact that we are going to hear something about Superman yeah. in some way. We for, already know that he's writing that movie. Right. And we've heard for m- million reports that Warner Brothers wants Superman to move forward. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine the first words out of his mouth being anything other than here's what we're doing with Superman. I right. It's like either going to be the first the thing, thing or the last thing in the press conference. They're exactly. either going to bury the lead completely or it's going to be like, hey, yeah. we know you want this. Here it is. Yeah. It's either the opener or it's the closer. Mm-hmm. One of those two things. Dep- I think whatever's going to be like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be, there's going to be something that's at least one thing I feel like is going to be surprising. That's my guess. Yeah, probably. And, and also my hope. I mean, the, anyway. the second to that is probably confirming Reeves' Batman, like the sequel. 
Uh, that's true. I feel like they already did that, though. I don't know if they did post Gun taking over, did they? I think they because well, they confirmed that he's not using Robert Pattinson in his right. version. So yeah, either way. I don't know. I don't know because you're right. I mean, he is technically. I mean, he's leaving Matt Reeves alone, but he is part of that at right. some you know on some executive level. He is shepherding that. He's just leaving them alone, letting them do whatever they want. So <laughs> you're right. We could get an update on that for sure. So what else did you have? As far, I'll let you go first as far as your, what's your first uh, prediction here for James so, Gunn's announcement? First prediction is that he's going to write one of the prior wrongs of the DCU, uh, redoing some semblance of a Green Lantern movie. Yep. Okay, that's one of mine too. Okay. That's one of my predictions. Is I, that we're gonna get a we're gonna get a Green Lantern announcement in, yeah, in some way. I, I mean yeah. the the last one was long enough ago and bad enough yep. that they need to redo something. And I think since it's a character that's been done wrong, I got a hunch Gun would be like, "No, we're gonna fix this." Yeah. Yeah. Like he fixed uh, Suicide Squad. Right. Yeah. Um. I agree with you, and that was the first. That was going to be the first thing that I went with as well. I think we're going to get a Green Lantern, and even though I know that we just a few months ago, you'll remember, Steve, we talked about how this long gestating Green Lantern uh, series that was being developed for HBO Max, it was announced that that's going like back to square one, back to the drawing board, and I can't remember if that predated James Gunn taking over. I think it did. Might have, yeah, but. I really think, like, they're trying to do that, like, like James Gunn has said, we're telling one big story over movies and TV and games and animation and all this stuff. We're telling one big story. If there is a property that can handle movies and TV shows going at the same time, it is Green Lantern, because it's space, it's wild, and there's a thousand Green Lanterns that you can talk about. You can have Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart in the movies. You can have Alan Scott, Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, whoever else, um, like Gnort the Squirrel. I was going to say literal have, aliens, yeah. like whoever there's you one, want, make something. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there's thousands actually, of weird ass Green Lantern. Gnort the Squirrel that may be in, actually be the Green Lantern we get because this is James Gunn we're talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I feel like he will because it's like he's got space experience with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like he could definitely do a great Green Lantern. Even if he's just the producer of it or he just writes it or whatever, like he could do definitely a great uh, Green Lantern film. And there's plenty of material for a series to like boost that like they're doing with like the Penguin to boost right. the Batman, uh, Matt Reeves, Batman stuff. Or so Peacemaker I, with Suicide Squad. Yes. So I 100% agree that we're going to get a Green Lantern uh, prediction for sure. All right. Now that I've stolen your number one, what's your number two? Um. My number two is that I think we're going to get a green arrow announcement of some kind. All right. And this is based on nothing <laughs> other than <laughs> um, other than the fact that DC, we're going to talk about it in a little bit when we get to comics, DC is doing this big Dawn of DC event where they're kind of like reintroducing, not reintroducing characters, but kind of like giving new number ones to characters that either haven't had um, their own series in a while or are bringing them back in like a big kind of spotlight kind of way. And I can't 100% say that they're doing it because they did announce when we talked about it 
well, months ago, whenever they announced the Dawn of DC thing, they only announced part of the slate of those comics. I'm going to talk about they announced a few more this past week. Mm-hmm. One of the things they announced originally was a new Green, Lan- Green Arrow series. And so that kind of got me thinking. I was like, okay, they're kind of doing this like big prestige event with Green Arrow. There was uh, like seven or eight seasons of a Green Arrow TV show that was really popular for a while. Like this character, this is a character that is in people's minds. You know, he was even in like the Justice League Unlimited show. So if people watch that series, like they're familiar with that character. This is a character that has enough familiarity to draw an audience and is different enough from Superman or Green Lantern or Batman even. He's like similar to Batman because there's vigilante involved stuff involved there. But um, he's also got a lot of supporting characters. He's got like an Arrow family and a lot of stuff that you can kind of build from there. So uh, I'm going to guess that we're going to get a Green Arrow announcement All as right. well. Fair enough. Thoughts? Thanks. No, it seems yeah. seems to fit. I mean, yeah. right now the only the only Green Arrow anything that's been out in recent parlance has been the WB show, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I mean that character the character was also in Smallville. I think also so like there's definitely there's been enough like I mean besides he had his own TV show for a long time. I feel like right. there's been enough other hints and droplets of like oh yeah I know who that character right. is I saw him well, in Smallville a, or, oh yeah that guy from Justice League Unlimited or whatever yeah oh speaking of Smallville. I never realized that uh, it, it didn't dawn on me that Hawk from Titans, Alan Rickman, Rick Rickman, Rick, no, Alan Rickman's Rick, very different. Not Rickman, uh, not Alan Rickman. <laughs> whatever his name is, uh, it yeah. was uh, Arthur Curry in Smallville. You're right, he was. Yeah. In that there was like one episode where there was an Aquaman. You're right, and it was him. Oh man. I remember I don't I didn't watch a ton of Smallville, but I remember watching that episode because I heard Aquaman was going to be in it and I yep. wanted to see like the team up. And I was like, OK, this is fun. But so that brings um, me to my second prediction was that okay, we will we will figure out what the Momoa and company uh, issue is. If if Mo is coming back as Lobo and they're recasting yep. Arthur Curry or what's going on. Uh, and if That's they do recast point. Arthur Curry. That'll be a much more traditional, you know, maybe not the milk toast Arthur Curry of the Silver Age, but yeah. like a Bit more, of a combo. yeah, not, yeah, um, not just like jacked half Thor looking Momoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a version of Aquaman for a while where he had like longer hair and a beard, mm-hmm. but he also had like um, he was missing a hand, and he had like a harpoon for a hand okay that'd be and kind was, of they they should have done pretty, that with momoa it's just pretty yeah. badass <laughs> i yeah. gotta say I was like that'd be cool that'd be cool <laughs> to see that um also for a while he had like a magic water hand i think he was like oh. a hand made of magic water that he could like control kind of i like that less right <laughs> i'll take a hook hand and a hand made like of water Captain underwater hook. seems very is strange right yeah, yeah. it's weird yeah <laughs> water suction um, shit going on yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, especially if if my guess is right. I think it was last week I talked about what I said. If I think if Jason Momoa is going to play Lobo, then he's going to play Lobo in the Superman movie that James Gunn is writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that makes sense. If they are going to talk about the Superman movie, then if they are going to, if Lobo's going to be in it, then yeah, it makes sense to be like, yes, the rumors are true. Especially because there's been such. I think you're right. I think we're going to find out about Momoa and Lobo, even though Aquaman isn't coming out because there's been so much hype around those rumors like of him being Lobo like that is out there. They can't possibly keep that 
I think under wraps for like another year. Like everyone's already thinking that he's going to jump and be Momoa or sorry, Momoa's going to jump and be Lobo. So that'll be interesting. I agree with you. I think we're going to get some clarity around that for sure. Um, I have one more. Okay. I don't know if you have any more, but I have one more. And this is, again, this is based on, I started thinking of it, I mentioned it real quick last week as kind of like an aside. And then I read a comic this week that made me, th- again, made me like, ooh, are they doing this? That's, I, I don't know. Like the, like taking the cues from the comics is tough because comics are planned out so far in advance Yeah, that like the, the issue of Nightwing 100 that I read this past week definitely was planned out so long ago, probably before James Gunn took the job. Yeah. But it makes sense on a lot of different levels, similar to what I was saying about green arrow in the consciousness, but never had his own movie. I think James Gunn is my prediction. I think we're going to get a Titans movie. Okay. Uh, not a teen Titans movie, not an R rated gritty version of the Titans. Like for the show that doesn't really, you know, part, part of the reason that Titans bugs me as a show is that I feel like it goes out of its way to have the characters not be wearing their costumes and not using their superpowers. And I think that's bullshit. And in a movie, you don't have to worry about that. In the show, I'm pretty sure Nightwing is the only one that's ever in his costume. (laughs) Yeah, and even so, sometimes he's just wearing, like, a jacket. Right. (laughs) And, like, I'm like, can't you just put your costume on? Like, come on. Like, Starfire doesn't fly. It's just, like, there's so much stuff. Like, they're always, like, figure out a way to depower Superboy, throw some kryptonite at him real quick so he, like, doesn't make sense that he wouldn't just be flying all the time um anyway uh i think because i mean spoiler alert for nightwing 100 um and the dc universe in general currently in the dc universe the comics universe the justice league has disbanded they're like taking some time off and they have asked nightwing and the titans to become the new uh premier superhero team of the dc universe while the justice league is not around so the Titans are going to be like running the show in uh, DC land for a while, as far as like teams go and like universe saving threats. Um, it's just, it always amazes me how, uh, how parallel these companies end up being. Because I know <laughs> right now uncanny Avengers is coming back in like oh really taking over for avengers so oh. x-men and avengers being back together and yeah nice. so it's like <laughs> it, you know one switches something up yep. the other switches something up yeah yeah um so that's my other prediction and again that's based on nothing it's, it's i feel like it's based on i think it would be a smart move to i think the 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 quick thing that i said last week is that like i would love if they made a Teen Titans movie based on the characters on Teen Titans Go so I could take my son to see it and he would be excited because yeah. he knows these characters because Teen Titans Go is a show that's been on for like seven seasons and even before that there was like a different more dramatic version of that show with those same characters like those characters we've been watching those characters for a long time you give us a live action movie with those characters and their full power sets fully developed and you got an audience ready to go yeah ready to go you get the tone right make it kind of funny but also serious like also dramatic you're gonna crush it so, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Any other predictions? Uh, well, I was going to mention something about Nightwing, but that seems to have covered that. Oh, um, no. But what's your Nightwing? Oh, no. Idea? I was just thinking we're either going to see a spinoff or a uh, 
something like Titans coming to fruition because yeah. it just seems to make sense. Like we've hit, uh, no offense to anyone else, we've hit Batman to death. We might as well start experimenting with the rest of the Bat family, especially yeah. when you have someone like James Gunn who likes to dive into the weeds and yeah, uh, the Bat I, family I is weed, that could be true. very weedy. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's one. That's one thing I don't think we're gonna get in the next couple of days is a Batman anything from him. Right. I feel like. The Matt Reeves Pattinson uh, thing, like, I don't think he wants to rock that boat quite yet. Like, I feel like we're going to get more information on the Batman 2 and the Penguin and stuff. They're going to let that come out first and then be like, okay, yes, this is solidified. It's still happening. Here's what our Batman's going to be and how they're going to interact. And I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a different thing. So I don't think we're going to get Batman. I do think we're going to get clarification on Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I, I do think yeah, we're going to figure out if that's going to move forward because there's too many people wondering about that. That's an, that's so that I guess that's my last prediction is that we're going to get some clarity around that. Gotcha. As well. Um, so the the only other uh, uh, the only other thing that came to mind was. I really think James Gunn wants to dive into something like Mr. Miracle, but there's no chance he can yeah. without the setup. And so I don't think we're going to hear anything about that, but like, cause you can't go into Scott free without the background on dark side yeah. and the whole, like everything else going on. And yeah. And we did know that they didn't want anyone using dark side or fourth world characters after Zack Snyder's Justice League for right. a while because they canceled that other um, movie. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think he would love to play with a character like that, though. Like I think that seems would. right in his wheelhouse. I think you're right. Oh, we didn't mention like that Strange Adventures, the Adam Strange thing, oh, yeah. because that's something that James Gunn has tweeted about that he loved. Oh, really? But again, that's that. Yeah, that yeah. Takes some setup, I think, right. to get there. Um. Yeah, he I don't did know. mention well, I, Mr. I think, Terrific too. Yeah, that's true. I th- I think um, I think it's possible that we'll get. I mean, this is like less of a stretch, but we'll get some clarification around. Like they announced that he was going to do like an Amanda Waller series, and we'll figure out if Peacemaker two when that's happening, right? Um, Peacemaker season two, or if we're going to get another Suicide Squad movie. You know, like that's like that's low hanging fruit right there. Like, yeah, we're going to do right. another Suicide Squad or another or a a rat catcher movie or something, you know, like yeah. take a character from that movie and develop them in a series or something. So we shall see within the next two days sometime if we're right, if we're wrong, no matter what, I'll be pumped to talk about it, to finally talk about it as it exists and not just theorizing and questioning and rumors and all that stuff. Like right. give me some real stuff to talk about and we'll be talking about it next week. Another big thing that happened this week, as we mentioned last week, it is award season and we got the Oscar nominations this week with a good amount of nerdy stuff coming out um, for the Oscar nominations. And again, this isn't like a comic book adaptation. This isn't a a space opera or whatever that we like to talk about. No, but it's in the name of the podcast. Yes, it is a multiverse (laughs) movie and I've seen this. Guys, it's so good it's weird it's crazy it's wild but it is rooted in such an amazing emotional personal family parental story you gotta see it you gotta see everything everywhere all at once it is so good Steve I'm talking to you watch it it's so good working out 
And it is so good that it got 11 total Oscar nominations. Um, the the most nominations of any film this year went to Everything Everywhere All at Once, including Michelle Yeoh for Best Lead Actress in a Motion Picture, uh, Ki Hyo Kwan for Best Supporting Actor, uh, Short Round himself, Jamie Lee Curtis for Best Supporting Actress, and Stephanie Hsu for Best Supporting Actress. I hope Stephanie Hsu wins it. She was incredible. It also got nominations for Best Editing, Best Score, Best Song, Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture. So um, yeah. a lot of people are saying that it's too weird to win Best Picture. I don't know. They might be right, but I think I mentioned earlier, you know, Shape of Water won Best Picture, and that's a woman falling in love with a fish man. So Fair. Um, you never know. Speaking of Fishman, the next one up <laughs> uh, is Black, Pan- pa- Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I was going to say yeah. Black Panda, which I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> and I'm picturing Jack Black know, reprising yeah. a role playing Kung Fu Panda, but um, yeah. in, a, in a Black Panther series. Uh, so Angela I would Bassett. Love, I would love a Black Panther Kung Fu Panda crossover. <laughs> That would be excellent. This is this is the thing we needed that we had no idea we needed. Give me that in Marvel's What If season two. That's okay. what I want. I want, I want What Sold. Ifs to start being insane crossovers with IP that Disney does not own. Oh, that'd be amazing. Absolutely be amazing. amazing. Uh, so the competition for Stephanie Sue is uh, Angela Bassett for yeah. her role as Queen Ramonda in uh, Black Panther, which... Yeah. Um, I, I have seen that movie and I would say she is a hundred percent deserving of the nod. So I agree. It's I gonna agree. be and this is I, a this is um this is uh, notable that this is the first actor from a Marvel movie to be nominated for best uh, for an Oscar. Oh. We've had like the film, like Black Panther itself was nominated for Best Picture. Right. It won for Best Score. There's been other like superhero movies, yeah, VFX movies nominated sort of for things. I think right. Logan got like a Best Screenplay or whatever, not nomination or whatever. The Academy traditionally not been super kind to uh, comic book adaptations, but um, I don't know, just noticeable, notable that this is the first time an actor from a Marvel movie has been nominated for an oscar That's yeah super the, cool. the academy seems to scorsese the hell out of it uh as far yeah. as their respect for any sort of yeah nerd movie i mean unless it's something like this just transcendent like like heath ledger won for right. playing the joker or you know um even joaquin phoenix won for playing the joker right um so and those performances are insanely good and so is angela bassett uh yeah. but um you know i also i also understand that sometimes a great performance in a special effects laden CGI movie is different than a great performance in just like a personal drama or yeah. whatever. Like it's just different. It hits different. Um, and the movie hits people differently. So like if you know, you could be given the greatest performance of your life, but and if it's a movie that just looks like schlocky CGI, then no <laughs> one's, it's not going to stand out as much. You know what I mean? Like there's, oh, I get that there's a difference in feel and tone and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's uh, there's a very very big difference between uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson being nominated for things for Marriage Story versus being nominated for Rise of Skywalker or uh, Avengers. Black Widow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, little exactly. bit different. Also, a phenomenal different. movie. If people haven't seen it, Marriage Story, go watch it. Oh, Marriage Story is incredible. Both of them are insanely yeah. good in that movie. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Uh, did you read the other? Notes. What's that? Did you read the other awards that that's nominated? for? No, I was trying to, and then I I had switched off my tab. But uh, uh, oh. Black Panther is also nominated for costume design, best makeup and hairstyle, and best VFX because, well, go figure. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like that was the movie that Marvel put the most time into the VFX on. Right, and then yeah. the next movie that we're going to talk about came up. Sure, that's uh, <laughs> Avatar: The Way of Water. Got a few nominations, including Best Picture. Wild. Um, I haven't seen it, but Still I don't know. It just seems crazy that it's best got Best Picture nom. I don't know. Um, best Visual Effects. That's Which a no-brainer. It, uh, best Production pretty Design much and because, Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you were ta- we were talking at the same time. What did you say? Oh, I was going to say uh, it seems at this point that Visual Effects is pretty much just a slam dunk for this movie. Yeah, I can't. I mean, there's other movies... Other deserving movies that are nominated for it, but I I can't imagine that anyone else is going to walk home with it. I feel like it would be a, probably an upset I've if anybody heard... else did. Um, yeah, and in, including a movie that I love, but I feel like um, I mean the visual effects in this movie were great. But if you're making an entire movie out of visual effects like right. the Avatar films, then that maybe sh- you know should get maybe maybe be more deserving. But the Batman also got a few nominations, including uh, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound, and, of course, Best Makeup and Hairstyle. I'm pretty sure that is specifically for Colin Farrell as the Penguin. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, Colin Farrell was nothing. in that movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you watch him in The Batman, and then you watch him in, like, The Banshees of Inisherin, and you're like, whoa, that's the same guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. And he's also not. He's also nominated for that movie as well, Best mm. Actor. Um. So anyway, those are your Oscar nominations. I don't even remember when the Oscars are happening. If any of those uh, things we talked about win anything, we'll let yeah, you know. We'll probably talk about them again. Again, uh, awards are uh, subjective because art is uh, whatever you want it to be. So awards are meaningless because art is subjective. That's what I meant to say. Um, but, you know, the Oscars are something that I usually try to watch every uh, year. I try to see all those movies just because I want to see good movies, but... Um, I don't necessarily see. I've tried to do that before, and then I find movies that I'm like, "Why in the hell am I watching this?" Like, yeah, it's, that happened to me a couple times last art, year. I was like, "And you're just like, yeah." It's one of those where I realize I don't get art sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just really don't get it. I saw. I mean, I don't like really. Okay, I'm not going to name the movie, but there was a movie that was nominated. Because I, I don't like punching down. I don't. I mean, not yeah. that I'm punching down on an Academy Award nominated <laughs> film, right? And like, yeah, I'm me. Mike Gibson is punching down on any <laughs> big budget movie that's been made with our like, giant yeah, soapbox okay. that we have. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking my uh, ego here a little yeah. bit. Um, but like, I don't necessarily like to spend time shitting on stuff. So I guess I won't say the name of the movie. But there's one movie that I watched last year because I was trying to watch all the Best Picture noms, and I was like, "This is so long and nothing is happening." And mm-hmm. I get that it's well made, but I do not understand why this is nominated for Best Picture at all at all but um i said this online i think i posted this to twitter but um you can tell that you're a parent when you haven't seen all the best picture nominees but you have seen all the best animated feature nominees which i have seen (laughs) this year every single one of them. very (laughs) nice very nice yeah and uh they're all very good so check out all the best animated features um i don't have in front of me but you know you can google it you can figure it out uh, moving on, we got um, these aren't even really stories. They're just Steve and I just like talking about Star Wars, and um, you know these 
weeks in January have been a little bit light on news. That hasn't stopped us from talking for over an hour for these. We were talking before the show or realized where if the, if it's a light week, uh, sorry, if it's a heavy news week, we make sure that we're like getting through everything really fast. So we talk really fast. We move really fast through to try to get everything in in like an hour and change. But when it's a slow week, we kind of like lay back and we let ourselves take digressions. And like this explanation I'm giving you right now is like not necessary, but I'm just kind of like saying it. Um, so that's why we ended up last week talking for an hour and a half. When it was a very, very <laughs> slow week. But thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and um, I guess I'm just saying that I'm prefacing that because we're about to talk about Star Wars, which usually uh, leads Steve and I astray <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's kind of notorious for sending us to a galaxy far, far away for a yeah, long time. Yeah, for real. So, um, anyway, Miss Daisy Ridley, Ray herself, commented uh, she was doing an interview for a movie that she's in, and uh, someone asked her about the changes to... Okay, spoilers for the Star Wars sequel, <laughs> sequel trilogy, if you haven't seen Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, or Rise of Skywalker. Uh, okay, she was uh, asked about the changes, seeming seemingly the changes that were made to Rey's parentage um, between the movies where in The Last Jedi specified that her parents were nobody. And as we all know, in The Rise of Skywalker, that was retconned uh, to have her be the granddaughter of Emperor Sheev Palpatine himself. Uh, she was asked how she felt about that and if she had an opinion one way or the other. And she first said, well, J.J., meaning J.J. Abrams, was the one who was like, she is of no one. So that wasn't, so it wasn't just The Last Jedi where that was the message, which right there, that's a big shock for me because I assumed when I saw Force Awakens, to me it was like, there's somebody, like JJ knows who her parents are or someone knows who her parents are. And then in The Last Jedi, I was like, no, she's, her parents are nobody. They're not worth talking about. Like after Force Awakens, do you remember after Force Awakens, there was all this like, oh, she's Luke's daughter and all this kind of stuff, right. which was like way too Obi-Wan's obvious. Obi-Wan's daughter like, and Luke's daughter and... Yeah, she's yeah. a Kenobi or something and all mm-hmm. these other stuff. But then which for I her to say taken. that JJ was the one... What's that? I said I would have taken that. That would also mean like she was Satine's daughter too, which, okay. Yeah, I would have taken that she was a nobody, um, yeah. which is what was specified in The Last Jedi. And Literally. we all thought that was Ryan Johnson... <laughs> doing his subverting of expectations that he loved to do in that movie so very much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but apparently it was JJ, according to Ray. According to Ray, she's not a real person. According to Daisy Ridley, um, uh, it was JJ that said she was of no one. And then she went on to say, what was interesting about the last one, Rise of Skywalker, for me, was that you can be a hero and not come from anywhere, or you can be a hero and come from literally the worst person in the universe. You are not your parents, you're not your grandparents, you're not your bloodline, and you're not the generations before you. So I was, uh, so I always was like, sure, it's beyond my pay grade, meaning like the decision <laughs> to, to yeah. write those scripts and make the decision of who is related to who in Star Wars. She goes, it's beyond my pay grade. I say the words, I do the thing. I do love the version of you can be anyone you want to be, but I also love the version where you can rectify wrongs and can't help what you're born into. That's a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. I think now at the same time, I've said the phrase it's above my pay grade a lot. And that's never in a, what happened was what should have actually happened type mode. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think she's being, 
she's making a very good point while also being very diplomatic at the same time. Yeah. I think. Uh, which is smart for someone that probably wants to get some Lucasfilm money. I was going to say for someone that has <laughs> multiple millions of dollars riding on this. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to yeah. play that card. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's going to try to thread the needle a little bit, uh, which I think she does very well. And I, I that is a good argument. That is a good point that, like, I think the idea of her, of Ray being connected to the Emperor and coming out and having the plot line be it's oak. If even if you're related to this horrible person, you can still become a force for good. That is a compelling story. I think like so much, so like so many complaints about the rise of Skywalker. It is underdone by the fact that it was not set up at all in the previous two movies. Uh, much like the Emperor coming back was not set up at all in the previous two movies. So kind of the fact that nowhere. the literal line was and somehow Palpatine returned. S- somehow, like, hey, what? somehow, okay, somehow. But hey, like I've said a million times, if you can fully embrace that, hey, that's just what happened. Like Poe says that line, Rise of He doesn't know how he, how does he doesn't know how the Emperor came back. Yeah, he doesn't know. So what else is he supposed to say? Like that's just what happened, guys. It's just what happened. Just accept it. The Emperor somehow came back. I don't know. Poe doesn't know either. He just said that line. It's a dumb line. I, oh, I yeah. understand that it's a dumb line, but I also uh, understand that that's just what happened. Also, Poe for just the heard record, the news. I'm gonna have hey, to somehow. try and watch this a third time just to. See if I it mean, give it time. Anything. Give it time. Think about it. Just like marinate on it. Think about <laughs> it and be like, "This is just what happened. It's just what happened." Well, see, my no problem is like having read the EU. Palpatine returned. Yeah, in the EU. And oh, they really? Did it much, much better than this. Oh, I can't. And imagine Luke it was, was actually <laughs> Luke was actually converted to the dark side during the whole thing and became Palpatine's apprentice. Whoa. And Leia brought him back, and it was like. It wasn't a the the arc was good, but it wasn't you know a plus, but it was much yeah. better than whatever the hell they threw out there. Just think about it, yeah. Just to, just you got to just meditate on it right. and just accept that's just what happened. Like, hey, I wish that we didn't nominate and elect Donald Trump to president of the United States of America, but that's just what happened. Yeah. Somehow, Donald Trump became president. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, somehow <laughs> phrasing, he's running again. Yeah, phrasing it like that. Okay, I, all right. We'll see what yeah. we can do. Yeah, not everything that happens makes is, any uh, sense. Makes sense. Not everything that happens is what you want to happen. That's just the way Star Wars is, too, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. This is true. And uh, speaking of Star Wars things that aren't really stories, but we wanted to talk about Star Wars: The Skeleton Crew. Remember that show that we talked about? They announced, oh, yeah. and we haven't heard anything about it. No. Well. <laughs> it has wrapped production. It is uh, director, uh, directed by John Watts and created by John Watts, uh, writer-director. Did he write the Spider-Man? Uh, Excuse me. Did he write the Spider-Man movies? He directed them. I think he I might think he have. Maybe one? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, let's say director. Director John Watts of the uh, Spider-Man Home trilogy, MCU, Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies, um, directed this show. It stars Jude Law. And a bunch of uh, teenagers, apparently. Jude Law is in it. However, he's not the main protagonist. Uh, these younger kids are. It's a coming-of-age story set in the style of an 80s, like, Spielberg, Amblin entertainment um, kind of thing, which I think is great. That fits very well with uh, Star Wars vibe for me. 
So I'm down with this. And his rap production is supposed to come out sometime this year. We don't know anything about it other than the details I just gave you. Like, literally no information. I think, oh, besides, think it takes place around the same time as Mandalorian, yeah. like, after Return of the Jedi-ish. Yep. So I feel like they got to be, like, building to some kind of big crossover, right? They're like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, the Ahsoka. That show's coming out this year. And this show, they're all kind of in the same time period. And they kind of did that with Boba Fett, I guess, because... Mando showed up in that and was such a big part of it. So I guess I'm going to throw out a idea Hit me. that this is where they find the Chiss. The what? The uh, So Thrawn, <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn yes, from Rebels blue guy. is a Chiss. Yes. His species is the Chiss. Oh, okay. And they are, cool. uh, their whole thing is like in the unknown regions, they're kind of the f- one of the major forces and like holding things down. And I, oh. I think this may be like them going out on this expedition to whatever and end up encountering the Chiss. Of course, I knew all that. I was just asking on behalf of our <laughs> listeners that may not know what you were talking about. Fair. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah, uh, it could be. Sure. I, I, figure mean, I feel like Ahsoka is w- going to go find like Ahsoka is definitely the search for like her and Sabine Thrawn finding and Thrawn and Ezra. Yeah. So like, how do you how do you set that up without having to have all the you know backstory built into Ahsoka? Yeah. Throw it into this. Have a fun romp with Jude Law and a bunch of teenagers. Go find a new civilization. I agree. I agree. Um. I recently, because in gearing up for there's there's a bunch of stuff coming out this year that are things that make me want to rewatch the things that came before it. Mm. Um, but I know I'm not going to have time to do all of that. Like a lot of those things are coming out in the summer. I'm not going to have time to watch all the Mission Impossible movies and also all the whatever else, you know, um, the, like Indiana Jones movies or whatever. So like I'm doing the, I'm starting that now. Yep. And um, in prep for March 1st. Mandalorian season three. I have rewatched the last few episodes of Mando season two and the last few episodes of Book of Boba Fett. And I got to say. The man Mandalorian is such a good show. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Book of Boba Fett was pretty bad. Um, the Mandalorian stuff in Book of Boba Fett is great. Like, just like everyone says, this isn't (laughs) I'm not like dropping some like super hot take. (laughs) The Mandalorian stuff in Book of Boba Fett is great. Um, but like just even in the last episode where it's like that big fight on Tatooine and like Mos Espa mm-hmm. so much of like, it doesn't make sense. It's... The dialogue is terrible. <laughs> like, I don't know why the people they're like, did this whole thing where like Kersantan is stationed here and these kids on the bright colored scooters are over here. But then like, they all just end up in the same spot. Like, well, I thought they were, why were they over there? If they were just like, it just doesn't so much of it doesn't make sense but I just wanted to watch it so I could see like Mando and Grogu reunited and all that kind of stuff and see yeah. like the uh, Grogu with Luke um, training stuff, which is yeah, cool. For, for some reason with that series, it seems like Robert Rodriguez channeled a little too much spy kids and not enough like machete. Yeah. And I know he was like more of a producer. He didn't like write and direct every episode. Yeah. I think if he had written and directed every episode, it would have been awesome yeah. because dude, the direct, the, the episode where we get, 
where Boba Fett gets his armor back of Mandalorian yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Like that is an awesome action scene. That is an awesome episode of television. So was the episode where we meet Ahsoka in the Mandalorian. That was the first one I started with was the Ahsoka episode. And I was like, this is dope. It's mm-hmm. so good. And then Book of Boba Fett is just such a big kind of letdown to get like, we get him back in his armor and this like incredibly badass. I am just wrecking stormtroopers left and right. right. And now he gets the most S and he's like, I'm not a violent man anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what, <laughs> when did that turn happen? Boba? Oh yeah. Um, I still remember anyway. my reaction when Ahsoka showed up in, uh, in live action. Oh, like great. You, you knew it was coming, but yep. then it happened. And my wife's like, what, why are you so excited about this? I'm like, but <laughs> the the thing it happened. <laughs> that's, 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 it's yeah. it's there. She she's there. She's real. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, like in that Boba Fett episode where Grogu was training with Luke and Ahsoka is there, I'm just like, Ahsoka Tano is talking to Luke Skywalker. Right now. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? It's <laughs> it, it's also insane how much better the effects on. Luke are in that Boba Fett show than in Mando season, season two, two finale. Like, which is funny because Ma- when Mando season two dropped, that like blew our minds. Oh yeah, and looking at it now, you're like, ooh, that's a little janky. Right. Like, there's definitely times Compared where it to... looks video gamey. You can tell he's like barely moving his head at all. Yep. But then like the Bo- Boba Fett one is, you can still tell, but yeah. it's it's a little so less uncanny valley. Honestly, the the worst part of it in both of them for me is the delivery of the dialogue. Yeah. Like it just sounds so wooden. Like I know they're like repro- it's all computerized and they're all reproducing how like the mm-hmm. voice sounds and the voice you're right. They're right. The voice sounds like Mark Hamill in 1985 or whatever. But the delivery of the lines is like so wooden mm-hmm. and boring. Like every line is like baba da baba 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 like yo. Like real life Mark Hamill would put some juice into those yeah, lines he wanted to you know, go like to a, re- a real to actor power would do a good job <laughs> yeah so i don't know as much as i like looking at young mark hamill as luke skywalker i feel like if you're gonna keep just recast just find someone that looks like him and like recast like yeah it would be an uproar some fans would hate it but you know what like you're, you're not gonna be able to you're never gonna be able to beat what a real actor could do with that dialogue you know just like not even Sebastian Stan. Just get like somebody that is a good actor that kind of looks like Mark Hamill and put a wig on him and like, yeah, it's Luke Skywalker. The guy like, who was good. his body double be in uh, in Man Yeah, get the guy two. who's doing the body double. Exactly. Get like, that guy. His face looked like Mark Hamill. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Just I mean, get a yes, real actor. Sebastian Stan may as well be his son, but <laughs> Yeah. But I, I would rather I would rather have Mark Hamill's blessing on a new actor playing yeah. young Luke Skywalker than just a wooden AI delivery of Luke Skywalker. Right. Like, well, And originally, at- when I first got the AI, I was like, I love this. This is great. Make a series. I think I said it on this podcast. I was like, I want a Luke Skywalker series now that I know they can do this. Yeah. Now I'm like, I would love a Luke Skywalker series, but just cast somebody else. Right. And I mean, look at Alden Ehrenreich. Just make sure Hamill's okay with it. It worked out for Alden Ehrenreich. Yes. Well, well for, not completely, for the two some of people us. that really hate that, but yeah. I'm totally I was going to say, for the two of us, it worked out. Yeah. It worked out with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. It works out every time they recast a Batman or a Joker. Like, yo, you can do it. Like, it's fine. Like, other studios have done it. It yeah. happens. Wedge Classic characters get people. played by other people. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, oh, I also real shout out real quick while we're talking about Star Wars, <laughs> talking about derailing and going too long. Um, I started watching Clone Wars with my son, mm. and um, I gotta say, maybe it's just watching it like through his eyes. But I was like, we were we're like four episodes in, maybe, and I'm like, yeah. these are good. These aren't bad. Why yeah. did I not like these the first time? They're good. Well, I'm it, into it. What does it start off with? The it's the we want well. Originally, it's the the original five hundred first, uh, like Domino Squad, right? Right off the bat. Um, well, there's the first episode is like Yoda trying to get to oh, yeah. a planet. Like Count Dooku and Yoda are both trying to like convince the ruler of some mm-hmm. planet to side with them. And I was like, that's pretty good. And we also watched the movie, which we should have watched before we started the series, but we just didn't. I don't know right. why. Um, and even the movie, I was like, this is pretty good. Like, it's not great, but yeah. I think I think a lot of it is. I'm watching it with him. I'm watching him. He loves it. I'm watching him really like it. And I also know that it's made for him. So I'm not going to like scare him by showing him a rancor or watching Luke get his hand cut off. Like he's not going to be traumatized by watching right. this and he can just watch safe for kids Star Wars and love it. And also like when I started watching it, I didn't know who Ahsoka Tano was. And so I was like, who is this annoying Padawan that is supposed to be some great character? Like she's just kind of like, Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. Now, I'm I'm going back to watching being like, ooh, that's Ahsoka Tano. This right. is the beginning of her relationship with Anakin. Now, I'm, I'm like more invested re-watching it. So, I think that's part of it. But Actually, anyway. I just realized I'm wearing yeah. Ahsoka shirt. Wearing your Ahsoka shirt. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, but anyway, Santa two Christmases I just, ago in Secret Santa. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just want, I'm pulling back on my hate of the first couple seasons of clone war so far. i mean oh, yeah. maybe i'll when we get oh, further into there's it, maybe I'll... there's still plenty of stinker episodes but they're oh, not nearly yeah. as bad as especially when you're watching with a kid you can just yeah kinda... i haven't gotten to the jar jar episodes yet so yeah I'll, I'll, droids uh... droids and jar jar are their own animals yeah the droid ones oof yeah good old anyway meber gascon <laughs> uh moving into comics we mentioned this earlier dc announced more dawn of dc titles and teams this was the basis of some of my uh, predictions for the James Gunn universe. Titans, written by Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor is cleaning up at DC. He's written um, Superman, Son of Kal-El, which was great. Now he's continuing with that character with Adventures of Superman. He's writing Nightwing. He's been crushing on Nightwing for so long. And as I mentioned, Nightwing 100 introduced uh, that the Titans are coming back. Uh, Tom Taylor is going to be writing the new Titan series with Nicola Scott, who is a great, great artist. Um, she's, uh, referred to as the greatest Nightwing butt artist. So, um, <laughs> if you, as a DC reader, are a big fan of Dick Grayson's butt, like many DC readers are, you should be excited about this Titans run because Nicola Scott knows how to draw a Dick Grayson. Um, this series will see the team, uh, taking over the Justice League as they are on hiatus, as I mentioned earlier, and that comes out May 16th. We got a new Green Lantern book uh, starring Hal. I think they announced a Green Lantern, a John Stewart book a while ago for Dawn of DC, but this is Jeremy Adams and Zermianco. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Zermanico? Zermanico? Zermanico. Uh, the team behind Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, it's going to be about a story about Hal Jordan, who's quarantined by the Guardians of the Universe on Earth. Coming out May 9th. It's gonna also going to be a backup story that sets up the John Stewart book. That was previously announced. Also got a new solo cyborg book, which is cool. I can't imagine that DC Films is going to go with a cyborg movie just because of the whole Ray Fisher 
uh, thing and the character being so loyal and so outspokenly loyal to Zack Snyder and calling the executives of Warner Brothers racists and all that kind of stuff. Like neither here nor there, not saying who's right and who's wrong. I'm just saying that's a lot of controversy that I feel like they're going to try to steer away from. Yep. I feel like if they do, I, I don't think if they do a Titans movie, then Cyborg will be part of the Titans. I don't think they're going to do, I don't think Cyborg's going to be in the Justice League um, in their universe anytime soon. But anyway, uh, Cyborg, uh, writer on Cyborg series is Morgan Hampton, who applied and was accepted to the Milestone Initiative Talent Development Program, which is something that DC did uh, a year ago or a little over a year and a half ago, where Milestone was their um, uh, subsidiary branch of comics that has like uh, Rocket and Icon and um, Static Shock. Mm. Um, It was kind of like an apply uh, to this talent development program. And this person did. And now they're writing Cyborg for DC Comics. Amazing. Um, So that's Morgan Hampton writing and artist Tom Rainey. Um, The Cyborg book uh, is about Vic Stone returning to his home of Detroit uh, to reconnect with his roots only to discover a company there that is using the city to experiment with a dangerous artificial intelligence. That comes out May 16th as well. So uh, May, we're going to get a bunch of Donna DC books. And that is cool. Uh, Another small... Uh, comic story that I thought was super cool. We used to do a segment on the show called Kickstarter Callout, and I think we've got to bring that back. I don't remember yeah, we why we stopped could. doing it. I feel like I we think because we started reason. talking about the shakes. When What's you that? Were, when you were launching your Kickstarter, I think that was the the last time we really talked about it. I think it was, but yeah. I don't know why we. I think we did it a little bit after that. I'm not sure why we stopped, but we yeah. should we should start doing that again. Oh for yeah. sure, I think because that's cool to shout out indie uh, creators. Maybe have a few on the show. But anyway. Really cool um, uh, story about Kickstarter. Um, apparently, in 2022, Kickstarter Comics broke their previous records for just amount of projects and amount of uh, successful projects. In 2022, 2,805 projects, comic book, independent comic book projects, were launched um, on Kickstarter in that year, and 2,205 of them were successful. That is a 78% success rate for independent comic book Kickstarters in 2022. A total dollar amount of just under $31 million was pledged to Kickstarter for comic book campaigns in 2022. That year was the sixth consecutive best year for comic books on Kickstarter. So for the the previous six years... The success rate of Kickstarter independent comic books has increased every year with just under $31 million in 2022. So if anyone out there is trying to say that um, independent comic books or comic books in general are dying or going away, I believe that is not true because it just seems to be going up and up and up and up. Yeah. And um, uh, hopefully you'll be hearing something about something uh, maybe for me on Kickstarter sometime in 2023. We're... Starting to wait and see. I mean, you'll be waiting to see. I'm starting to work on that. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, this week in your local comic book store, you got Avengers 65, Batman, Legends of Gotham, number one, Black Tape, number one, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade, new Blade spinoff series we talked about a few months ago. Coming out, uh, I guess it was going to be coming out in time uh, for the movie, but that got delayed, so not anymore. Uh, sometimes Synergy... 
doesn't work out as, as well <laughs> as you think. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number nine. Catwoman, number 51. Children of the Black Sun, number two. DC Power Celebrations. They're uh, like a Black History Month uh, celebration, number one. Firstborns, number two. Harley Quinn Romances, number one. Immortal Red Sonia, number 10. Magic the Gathering, number 23. Miles Morales Spider-Man, number three. Moon Knight, number 20. My Little Pony, number nine. That's right, comic books are for everybody. Phoenix Files, number one. Purgatory Must Die, number two. Quick Stops, that's the Kevin Smith Clerk series, number four. Scarlet Witch, written by uh, Camillus native Steve Orlando, mm -hmm. number two. Uh, Star Trek number four. Uh, Steve, I gotta answer, ask you about this. Star Wars Sana Staros number one. What's Sana Staros? Do you know anything about that? That is Han Solo's wife. Oh, dope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, back in the days before, in between Solo and A New Hope. Interesting. He somehow got married, uh, I think as part of a deal to get out of something and did the Han Solo shenanigans and Sure. Makes sense. All right, so building out that character. Interesting. Venom, number 16. Wakanda, number 5. And Wonder Woman, Historia, number 3. Go check that out at your local comic book shop. If you are in our neck of the woods, you should check out Funky Town Comics and Vinyl for all your comic book needs. And speaking of Star Wars, they have so many Star Wars toys there right now, it's insane. So go check <laughs> yeah, those things out. that they do. Just a wild amount of stuff. Um, uh, expensive and inexpensive. Just... Antique, vintage, and modern stuff. Just mm -hmm. a wild amount. And I think that's all we got until one shot. Steve. Well, what have you have you been reading anything this week? Oh, reading anything? No. I mean no, I read uh, Nightwing One Hundred. Okay. Uh which um was great. Also made me emotional, I gotta say. No spoilers. Um a touching scene between uh Dick Grayson and his adopted father, Bruce Wayne, which nice. I thought was wonderfully done. And no, I got a couple other things that I'm working on. I bought a Black Canary uh, trade like a month or so ago. I'm st I started to crack that a little bit. Haven't gotten too far in it. Um, uh, and that's it. And I haven't really read anything this week, but I plan on doing some more reading this week. Nice. Hit up uh, yeah. Sins of Sinister, which... Oh, um, yeah. How's that? The way Mr. Sinister has been portrayed in the House of X, Powers of X, Krakoa... Pantheon yeah. has been phenomenal. It's just uh, Nathaniel Essex at his peak. Um, this is no, like, th this is setting it all up to burn it all down. Ah. But it's still very sinister-y, which is fun. Like, it's it's yeah. just fun. Um, Great. And then, you'll be proud, I picked up uh, and read Catwoman One Bad Day. By oh, Jamie nice. Wilson. I haven't read that one yet. I have it, but I haven't read it. Very good. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I, and then I picked up Bane. I haven't read that yet, but. Bane is good. Bane's nice. really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, these One Bad Days are just killing it. I know. I don't think I've read one that was bad at all. Uh, some of them, I mean, some of them are better than others, but they're all very good. Right. The, did you read the Mr. Freeze one? No. I didn't even know they dropped one. Yeah. It was really interesting because. It was like a new wrinkle on, you know how like in, like Mr. Freeze was always just like a dumb ice villain until yeah. his uh, origin was retconned in an episode of Batman the Animated Series. 
where it's like, oh, he's doing this because his wife is cryogenically frozen from a disease and he's trying to cure his wife. Like all of his crimes are trying to raise money so he can fund his research to save his wife's life. Like giving him this like tragic backstory and he's right. like trapped in this like suit. Super cool. So this basically the book took a spin on that and it's revealed as a spoiler. So don't listen, you know, fast forward a couple of seconds if you don't want, if you're going to read that book or whatever, but it is pointed out that he, he didn't ask for like, he, that wasn't like what she wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like basically like she wanted to be let go. She wanted to have, she didn't want to be, you know, headed DNR uh, type thing. And yeah, she didn't yeah. want to be kept on life support or anything like that. Yep. And he went against her wishes. So he's even doing this without her consent, which mm-hmm. makes him more villainous, right. even <laughs> Actually, more, like less sympathetic, yeah. um, but still a threat, which I thought was an interesting spin yeah. on that. Like an- another wrinkle to that story, which I thought was cool. Nice. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did also pick up the uh, second half of House of Slaughter. Uh, so oh, cool. I had the floppies for one through five, and then the trade just came out for six through ten. So, oh, nice. Cool. Grab that. I think I only read the first book, the first single issue of House of Slaughter. Yeah. But I heard it. I heard it was a little meh, but then I heard it got good. So I don't know. That's kind of why I picked this up because the first first arc was okay. It wasn't great, and then yeah, I heard it got better. So I figured, what the hell. Give it a shot. The current something is killing children is excellent. That's <laughs> I mean, it's always it's always been excellent, but it just continues yeah. to be excellent. Nice. I gotta um, catch up on that. I think I'm still yeah. on like 22 or 23. So. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. You gotta get there. It's really good. Nice. It's really good. I haven't read. I think 28 is out. I haven't read it yet, but I have that sitting on my pal, waiting to go. Perfect. It's cool, man. I gave you the first one shot. If you wanna jump sure, into why that. Not? Uh, Amazon has announced big plans for Tomb Raider. Apparently, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is to write and executive produce a new Tomb Raider series for Amazon Prime. Uh, Waller-Bridge is also involved in the production of the new Tomb Raider film and game, but to what extent it is currently unknown. And apparently, Amazon wants to build this out into a Marvel-style universe. Ooh. You had me until that last one. Yep, you had me until the last one there i feel like that's just means it's not gonna happen yep. <laughs> it's not gonna get anytime the studio claims that that's their goal it just never works out and there's a big difference between the amount of content you have to work off of from uh marvel yeah. and tomb raider i can't think of are there other characters in the tomb raider universe i mean there's gotta be but like couldn't tell you. recognizable ones right I Laura don't Croft, think I, that's I, yeah i don't think i've played a tomb raider game since the original playstation so yeah. I mean, I saw the first movie, but I don't remember any other characters besides Lara Croft. Right. So good luck, Amazon, with a Marvel-style universe. Um, will we see this go the way of uh, Universal's The Dark Universe or and however any number of other... We're going to make a whole universe, and then they just can't make one even good movie, and it grumbles. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like that's happened several times. Sounds so, right. Um, Although I do have high hopes for uh, Henry Cavill's Warhammer 40k universe. Uh, sure, yeah. I have high hopes for a lot of these things. Yeah. But well, I mean, who knows? Cavill seems to have a decent track record at this point. That's true. So does Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, sure. She's going to be in the Indiana Jones uh, Dial of Destiny. 
She's in that. So as well. are they just tying so, Tomb Raider into Indiana Jones? Because they're I know, right? Kinda... Maybe they're just going to reveal that she is Lara Croft in Dial of Destiny, and then <laughs> yeah, because this art, I don't you're, think this article said whether or not she's playing. Disney. Yeah, your, cross- your crossovers with Disney IPs. Here you go. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, yeah. This article didn't say if she was playing Lara Croft or not, but right. um, I guess she could. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Steve going to question your uh, Star Wars knowledge. Oh, boy. Phoebe Waller-Bridge has been in a Star Wars. Who did she play? Oh, like someone in Last Jedi? Nope. Rise of Skywalker? Nope. Force Awakens? Nope. Where? Oh, uh, oh, shit. She's not a human. Droid? Nor is she. Yep, she's a yep. droid. In uh, Not Resistance. Was it Resistance? No. Huh. Who? Film. Feature feature film. She is L3 in Solo, oh, Star yeah. Wars story. Okay. Yep. <laughs> there we go. I love that droid. I love that, yeah. that's people some some people don't like L3, but uh I think she's great. Big fan. I think she does she... open the she does open the can of worms of are droids sentient and should they be free or are droids slaves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that, that's like, that's yeah. a, that's a blurry line in the Star Wars universe and right. she like runs right past it, runs right through it. I'm freeing you all. Like, oh, should we be feeling bad for all of these droids and right. all of these movies now? <laughs> anyway, last uh, one shot of the week, uh, The Last of Us. A uh, wonderful, terrifying, intense show on HBO Max based on the acclaimed video game has already been renewed after two episodes has been renewed for a season two. Episode three aired tonight while we were recording this very podcast. Uh, So we haven't seen it, but um, the first two have been great. And um, not a surprise. It's like the second highest premiere. Yeah, it was like the second highest premiere ever behind like a game like House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, yeah. HBO. So. so I would say this is fully deserved having uh do you want to just you know vamp into a quick uh, recap of what we've seen for Last of Us or sure. what we're feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. I I mean it's been absolute must watch TV for me both of these weeks. Yeah. Um I uh I sent to my friend earlier today that I love how how much it feels like the game and how much it looks like the game, like even not even in just what the characters are wearing, but like the color palettes of the environments that they're in, yeah. like the buildings, the even like the the green of the leaves and the colors of the cars they're walking by in the street. Like I just this just looks exactly like the game in a way that feels natural still. Yeah, it's like there's sometimes you try to make a video game adaptation. They're like, oh, we're going to make this look exactly like the game. And you're like, mm, that looks a little janky, Why like a video that? game and not like a real film that <laughs> I want to be watching, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I they're just doing such a good job. The second episode was um, just tense and scary and gave you a lot of information that we're going to need to know down the line about the zombies or the clickers or whatever. And like, we got to see a few of them and they looked terrifying and yeah. great. And wow. And um, that's I, the first, the first episode, Sarah stole the show. This, this yeah. episode was a hundred percent. Anna Torvez Tess. Just, Oh yeah. She was walking great. away with it. 
Yeah. Um, Bella Ramsey as Ellie is excellent. I'm yep. really, I'm, there's starting to develop the relationship between her and Peter Pascal as Joel, um, which is obviously key to um, the entire series uh, yep. has to work. Like the two of them has to have great chemistry or else it's not going to work. Um, but they seemingly do. Um, and that's great. And um, I thought there was something else I was going to say. I don't know. They just do a really great job of like keeping it. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what I was going to say. It's a great show. Yeah, <laughs> you guys should be watching it. It's if you like that kind of thing. Um, Even if you uh, don't, I know we've tried to convince a couple of people to watch it that are like, it's not normally in their, their wheelhouse. So yeah, I, I know I'm yeah. trying to, trying to get my wife to hit it up as well. Cause it's, it might be a little tense for what she's normally oh, sure up for, but it's, a well enough done show that I'm like, uh, you probably want to see this. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, speaking of Tess, the character of Tess real quick, uh, should be mentioned that, um, the, uh, Annie Wershing who voiced the character of Tess in the video game, uh, recently died at the age of 45 from cancer. So, um, rest in peace, uh, to Annie Wershing. Uh, I think that that character was done justice by the actress that portrayed her in the series for sure. Um, and like I remember that that character. I mean, spoiler alert for episode season for episode two of Last of Us. I remember that, that character died, but I didn't remember when. Mm-hmm. So it still kind of came as a shock when she revealed that she had been bitten. I was like, "Ooh, it's happening right, right. now! We're in there." Um, and the the that whole death was a little different than what happened in the game, but I think very well done. Yeah, see, I played it so long ago that I don't really remember every detail, which I think is going to benefit me because uh, I'm not going to be like, oh, "That's not how they did they, it." They didn't you know, do even it though I don't way. normally care about that stuff anyway. Right. But. Well, that's, I mean, we've talked about it numerous times, like, as comic readers, there's been so many different iterations of everything that you're just like, okay, that's how they felt like doing it. Cool. Let's roll that way. Yeah, agreed. Um, What was the other Last of Us thing I was going to say? I don't know if I remember, but it was great. And I'm looking forward to, oh, I don't, I was, I'm just wondering, I'm wondering when the season's going to end. Cause I, th- I might've said this on the last episode too, but I can't see them using up the entire game in the first season. You think you'd want to like milk it a little bit and at least get two seasons out of the first yeah. game, I feel like. And then you get two seasons out of the second game and then you either go further or right. you spin Stop off or you can't somewhere or, done or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Spin it off into we Joel and Tommy it. right after the infection or something like that or do whatever. Yeah. Something. Yeah, we get maybe flashbacks or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Um, And that's it for this week. I think I don't have anything else. And um, I don't know. You got anything else, Steve? Are we good to go? No, I think that's it. Uh, If you're listening, feel free to like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review. You know, five stars and a review at Apple would be appreciated to trick trick the algorithms into getting more people to listen. Uh, yes, please do. Feel free to follow us on all these socials at the Multiverse Report, themultiversereport.com, themultiversereport at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, beyond that, uh, I think that's about it. I think so. So uh, tune in next week when we will be talking about James Gunn's announcement slate for the DCU and um, other things, as sure, I'm sure, as well. But until then, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse.